Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. An incredibly deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. With LinkedIn ads, you'll be able to target over 70 million decision makers all in one place. No deep voice required. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. Terms and conditions apply. This episode talks about sexual assault, murder, and suicide. There Are No Girls on the Internet is a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is There Are No Girls on the Internet. Vanessa Guillen was a 20-year-old soldier in the U.S. Army. She loved sports. She played soccer and liked to jog. In April, she went missing from the Fort Hood military base in Texas. On July 5th, her remains were confirmed to have been found. Here's her sister talking to ABC News. She was taken away from me the most horrible way. Yet they take it if it was a joke. My sister's no joke. My sister's a human being just like me, her, all of us. Aaron David Robinson, another soldier, killed himself as police were trying to take him into custody for her murder. Before she died, Guillen told her mother that she was being sexually harassed. Fort Hood has one of the highest rates of murder, sexual assault, and harassment in the Army. Online, many other soldiers use what happened to her to come forward to share their own stories about sexual harassment in the military, using the call, I am Vanessa Guillen. Her family is demanding changes in how the military handles sexual harassment complaints, and protesters around the country amplified her family's demands for answers and change. Guillen's death is a terrible tragedy, and for as many people used her death to highlight important conversations about how our country's institutions fail the very people who fight for our country, others used it to fuel hate and confusion online. Researchers and digital activists are seeing the way her tragic story is being used to fuel disinformation in Latinx online spaces. 
because her killer was believed to be a black man, big Facebook pages began promoting stories about Vanessa's death as a way to sow divisions between Latinx communities and Black Lives Matter advocates. Unfortunately, when it comes to how disinformation spreads online, this isn't at all uncommon. Bad actors pick up on sensitive or emotionally charged topics involving wedge issues like race and use them to spread fear, confusion, and suspicion among each other. They often exploit existing fractures between communities to pit marginalized groups against each other. But because we don't actually spend a lot of time talking about marginalized communities in general, let alone how our identities shape the online experience, we aren't talking about the big threat this tactic presents. And it's a problem. So the first time that I actually became aware of how targeted our folks are was in 2016 when I saw uh, someone on my Facebook posted a picture of an ICE agent or, or someone who looked like an ICE agent with sort of the ICE, um, you know, acronym in the back of his jacket, and arresting someone at what looked like was a polling location. And um, it was something along the lines that someone had posted and said, be careful, everyone, ICE is, you know, around the, the voting locations. And, you know, when I looked at it closely, I was like, well, this looks, this picture looks photoshopped. But that was sort of the first time that I saw something that I was like, huh, they're actually, somebody's actually thinking this through and kind of knows the nerves in the, of the community in terms of the fear, the fears that exist in our communities, even though we all know that, you know, undocumented people are not going to go vote. But the message that we're trying to send is like, you know, immigration is doing raids around voting locations, you know, therefore people might just be fearful of going because, you know, some folks are living in mixed status families and so on and so forth. So that was sort of the first time that I saw something and it just made me pause and, and think about the level of um, disinformation that was spreading, targeting the Latino community. Vanessa Cardenas is a longtime activist and policy expert. She's seen the way that disinformation online plays on our community's fear to create confusion. But when she saw the way Guillen's story was being used online, she was shocked. So that was actually really shocking um, because obviously the Vanessa Guillen case has touched such a nerve in the community in the sense of, you know, this, this soldier that, you know, had dedicated her life for her country. So I guess I would say, you know, probably like two weeks, well, maybe like a little bit right after they identify the the suspect of the case, you know, I would say days after it, I started seeing some of these um, pictures and memes about um, pretty much about the, the you know, the, the, sus- the suspected killer and just driving this message of, you know, black and brown tensions and just amplifying the sort of the message, oh, you know, where where's the Black Lives Matter movement when it comes to a Latina that has been um, killed by a black person. So that was, again, really um, eye opening. But I also feel it was, at least for me by then, I was already just, I've been aware more of sort of the disinformation that's been spreading. So I was not surprised. But again, I think it just speaks to the level of this strategy that's out there about amplifying fear, distrust, and just creating wedges between these communities, 
which I think we're going to see more of. And they are, these bad actors are really using every opportunity they can to, to actually, you know, create these wedges. Facebook groups with big followings and reach made posts about Guillen's death, asking why the Latinx community should support Black Lives Matter when a Black man killed one of their own. The intention is pretty clear. Rather than amplifying her important story and her family's calls for justice and change, it's an attempt to use her story to sow mistrust and animosity between marginalized communities. Why? Researchers say it has to do with the upcoming election. Akoba Lacona is the disinformation research lead at Equis Labs, a group that works to build an active Latino electorate. His team saw pretty much the same thing she did, that Guillen's story was being used to criticize Black Lives Matter and the protests that followed the death of unarmed Black people like George Floyd by police. We started seeing conservative Latinx accounts, including, you know, Spanish language pages, trying to build racial tension between Black and Latinx communities after they found her body and her death was confirmed. And so we saw conservative Latinx actors starting to criticize Black Lives Matter for not protesting her death and for staying silent. And, you know, after they found her body, the man who was linked to her murder uh, killed himself either the, the same day or the next day. And so we saw conservative Latinx accounts promoting, you know, race blindness around Guillen by amplifying the fact that uh, the killer was a black man and that, you know, they started promoting all lives matter narratives and things like that. So we saw, you know, different memes comparing the black man who killed Guillen to the white police officer and essentially saying, you know, promoting a narrative that race has nothing to do with Floyd's killing. Or we also saw bad actors, you know, asking why Latinos weren't, were protesting for BLM, but weren't protesting for other Latinos like Manessa. And so, you know, there was a lot of racial tension building early on once, you know, reports came, once reports came out and they found her body. So do you think the people who were running these accounts actually cared about sharing Guillen's story? No, I mean, I think they're definitely trying to make it like a wedge issue. And we often see, even just in other narratives, bad actors trying to, you know, seek to inflame pre-existing tensions within and between communities. So, you know, part of their goal is to depress votes in more progressive communities, including the Latinx community. And so if they can build a wedge between Black and Latinx voters, they can, you know, potentially drive some of those people to Trump in November. But I think one big problem here is that, you know, within the Latinx community, we've kind of failed to confront the anti-Blackness that exists in our own community. And I think the far right definitely takes advantage of that to stoke racial tension. So, you know, one thing it's important that we start acknowledging the anti-Blackness that exists in our community and show unity. Um, and, you know, we should especially be doing this because, again, like Black and Latinx are not mutually exclusive, you know, the far right. And many people in the Latinx community tend to ignore the Afro-Latinx community. And so, especially the right, you know, the right is effectively excluding them from, the, from their narratives. And we should ignore, and I don't think we should be ignoring that. So, like, going back to Vanessa, Vanessa's death, Specifically, um, you know, I think with an increase in attention on Black Lives Matter and even, you know, brands responding to, you know, current moments of racial justice, we see a lot of bad actors looking for opportunities to create division among communities of color. Let's take a quick break. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. The RTP Heart Health Squad will support you in protecting your mental health and overall well-being. 
I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. As we celebrate International Women's Day and all the strides we've made, let's also take a moment to reflect on something important, the future of our self-care. You see, for too long, we've compromised on things that matter most, us, but not anymore. New Conair Girl Bomb is helping us embrace a new era of self-care and self-love. Girl Bomb represents a groundbreaking line of hair removal tools specifically designed for women. From the smoothest shave to the most precise trim, Conair Girl Bomb is all about making you feel empowered, confident, and unapologetically you. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self-care is so important. With Conair Girl Bomb's ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, we're reclaiming our self-care journey with precision and power. The kind we used to only get from men's tools. So head to Walgreens today and treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Because when you look good, you feel good. And there's nothing more empowering than that. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Like Donna and Tom from the Pawnee Parks Department, I love to treat myself. Mimosas, massages, fine leather goods, all of it. And treating myself does not end when it comes to taking care of my health and body. So if you treat yourself to the top options with everything in life like I do, why settle when finding a doctor? It is your health after all. Enter ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top-tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. So don't settle. Go for the best and find the right doctor for you. With ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. And these docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients. We're talking about booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed credible doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is just between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. Listen, I have been using ZocDoc for years, even before they asked me to make this ad, and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com slash NoGirls and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash NoGirls. ZocDoc.com slash NoGirls. And we're back. Facebook is a big part of how this all goes down. For instance, the pro-Trump Facebook group, The Conservative Choice, has over 100,000 followers. And many of their posts are dedicated to criticizing Black celebrities like Colin Kaepernick, Black Lives Matter, and calls for racial justice. One post even accuses Facebook, the company itself, of supporting racism by telling people to avoid Latino businesses because of an initiative highlighting Black-owned business. Similarly, 
Online, protesters' calls for businesses to hire more Black people get twisted into them calling for businesses not to hire Latinos. Many of the other posts on the page are videos or images depicting violent attacks on Latinos or Latino-owned businesses by Black people to drive home the idea that the Latinx community shouldn't trust or support the Black community. Like Akobo, Vanessa also sees the ways that anti-Blackness and the erasure of Afro-Latinx identities have presented fractures and tensions in communities of color that bad actors can exploit online. So Vanessa, what kind of content have you seen online being used to sow division within communities of color? Yeah, so we're seeing a lot of um, stories, for example, um, of Black men violently attacking Latino men. You know, very graphic, very violent posts, pictures. Um, that's one thing. And, and, I, and I should say something also, Bridget, and that is that we know that there are Black people in the Latino community. Like, we have a rich history of Afro, you know, of African descent in the community, whether it's the Caribbean or Peru. And I'm from Bolivia, and even, and even in Bolivia, we, are, we have Bolivians who are of African descent. So, you know, but, I, but the way this... Um, um, this current disinformation efforts, you know, what they're trying to do is just, you know, make us look like the other, right? Like separate us. So you do have sort of, like I was saying, this really graphic posts, um, just amplifying violence that is incurred, that is in, in how they describe it or in how they post it, you know, by black men. There's also a lot of content out there about painting the Black Lives Movement about, you know, that is violent. Um, they have a lot of content that's um, showing, for example, that the Black Lives Movement uh, protesters are d- destroying churches or burning Bibles. So really going at sort of, you know, some of the, the themes of, you know, the Latino communities, it, it's, it's very, you know, faith centered. And so they're trying to sort of again go at, at these pressure points and hit those nerves where the community on things that the community cares about. We are on the Vanessa Gillian case. There's there's been a lot of um, content out there amplifying that her that that her, the alleged killer was black and promoting the all lives matter narrative and questioning how come the, the the black lives movement doesn't show up for Latinos when Latinos are being killed and so on and so forth. So that's the the type of content we're seeing now. And um, and again, we know that every time there's a flashpoint or there, every time there's something that's happening just you know a nas- at a national level or even at the local level i mean there was a there were some posts i think it was um i want to say in luciana about just about the black lives matter movement um i think that there was a demand that you know all businesses should hire people of color and but they how they were how the the bots or the sort of the disinformation but actors were trying to frame it was that the Black Lives Movement were forcing Latino business owners to hire not to hire you know non-Latinos, so things like that, right? So they're trying to again press this um, this this really um, specific issues in the community where they know that it hits a nerve and just just amplify those. And we know we're going to be getting more of those as um, things get just more heated as we come closer to the election. All truly blessed at the same time to have a leader like President Trump, who is a builder. Bad actors online seize on conversations that require sensitivity or nuance to talk about 
just like they had no problem seizing on Guillen's death to push harmful narratives online. After Goya's CEO faced backlash for praising Trump earlier this year, some accounts purporting to belong to Latino social media users used it to spread accusations of a mob of PC bullies attacking a hardworking community of color. But Winblack Palante, a group that trains voters to identify disinformation, found that some of the accounts pushing this narrative were actually bots. Online, the Goya controversy appeared to boil down to Black Lives Matter versus the Latinx community. Ashley Bryant works with Winblack Palante, and she says social media platforms aren't doing enough to curb the spread of this kind of disinformation. We just experienced a couple weeks ago uh, when the Goya CEO, uh, you know, decided to share his support for Trump. Um, And that became a controversy in itself, but also unleashed a uh, right wing operation around, um, you know, trying to really disparage the true message. You know, Julian Castro and um, AOC, you know, really stepped up and, and shared, you know, if you share the values of Trump, you are not supporting our community. And, um, you know, we saw a bot uh, be unleashed on Facebook within, you know, a couple of hours. And uh, it took a couple of days before Facebook was able to actually remove these, um, you know, fake comments, fake agents. Um, and our operations saw it within a day, right? And so it's just, you know, there's hundreds of people in their, in their organization that are allegedly focused on this, but yet we were able to identify that these were bots in just under a couple of hours. And so, you know, it really is um, disheartening to see that these companies aren't really ready to step up into this moment. This isn't a partisan issue, right? Misinformation and disinformation is not a political issue. It is literally to suppress entire communities that need to exercise their right to vote. And if these tech companies don't see it that way, you really have to question what their purposes are. Vanessa also saw the way that conversations around Goya oversimplified the narrative online. But she says the narrative's pushing division, even when Trump himself picks up on it, probably won't resonate much with most folks in the Latinx community. I mean, I think they're trying really hard to sort of make the connection. Obviously, even the Trump administration right picked up on it, um, getting Ivanka to post that ridiculous um, tweet with her holding um, a can of Goya beans. Again, I think they're just sort of trying to amplify these wedges and just really... In the case of Goya, you know, I think that the average Latino who's, you know, again, losing their jobs because of COVID and just trying to figure out how they're going to survive this pandemic, this is not something that resonates with them. Um, But I do think, again, there's online, there's just this effort to say, you know, Democrats are against business owners, Democrats are trying to shut this down, when we know that that's, you know, that, that was not the case. I mean, people had... The, the thing that people had issue with were the comments of the Goya president, who, again, is supporting Trump. And Trump, we know, is driving a very div- divisive and just really anti-Latino agenda. So that, that's the point. And I think part of this, again, this disinformation effort is just to confuse the truth, right? It's just to, to take attention from the real issues and just focus it on sort of these specific narratives that benefits them. And it goes along to sort of their, their overall frame that Democrats are socialists, that Democrats, you know, 
don't believe in God, that Democrats, you know, are are just just driving a socialist agenda and they don't want anyone to be successful. So, so again, it, it just goes off the, the broader narratives that are trying to push. Once an official Trump Facebook page, or even Trump himself, signal boosts these narratives, they can spread far and wide. Sometimes it's not even helpful to know where it's coming from because anything that's getting a lot of engagement, it's going to circulate pretty far. You know, like Trump, for example, is the biggest amplifier of disinfo, and it allows other bad actors to, to follow him, which can, you know, really increase conversations around certain topics. But, you know, when it comes to Latinx spaces, there, there's a network of conservative Latinx Facebook groups that are part of uh, this movement called Lexit, and they tend to work together and, you know, coordinate attacks across their network of pages. So the Lexa movement itself, it, it gained prominence in 2018 as, you know, an effort to help Latinos exit the Democratic Party or the left and kind of embrace more conservative values. Uh, there's actually another one called Lexit, which is a little more popular and it's kind of the equivalent for the Black community and trying to push more uh, Black people to embrace conservative values. But the, the network of Lexit Facebook pages, they have a wide range in their audiences. So like depending on certain Facebook pages, some have hundreds of thousands of followers, others have tens of thousands of followers, but they frequently share, you know, misleading and factually incorrect narratives. And they tend to coordinate within each other, but also with the Latinos for Trump network, which is an official like Latinx page for the, for the Trump campaign. So, you know, when they're able to coordinate with each other, they're able to, you know, push narratives to more feeds and allow more people to see it. You might expect to see messages about people on the left being godless socialists who hate hardworking business owners from a Facebook page that is explicitly advocating for Trump. But Okobo says that pages that appear to be nonpartisan can sometimes present an even bigger threat when it comes to the spread of harmful narratives online. Yeah, so I think the reality is that we often see uh, less partisan Latinx pages help spread disinformation, especially around conversations that either resonate with the Latinx community or conversations in the mainstream media. And the real problem is that these nonpartisan spaces, they often become more dangerous in the far right spaces because they appear to be more trustworthy messengers and people tend to believe or trust what these pages are promoting. So, I mean, even around narratives around Guillen, it reached less partisan Latinx spaces. And for example, I saw one Facebook page that was intended to bring, you know, Mexicans together and it has hundreds of thousands of followers and they're typically posting, you know, more cultural type things, but they started posting narratives around Guillen that appear to try to build tension within the Latinx community. And again, so like when they do that, these, the people who are following these pages, they start, you know, believing some of these messages because, you know, they're not in those pages for partisan reasons. So these less partisan online spaces that are created where people feel like they are a part of a community, but then disinformation comes in. It's like the stuff around, like the stuff around Guillen, they're more likely to believe this, these narratives. One of our concerns as we look at how disinformation is spreading is the fact that we're seeing some of this content migrate from very partisan pages to nonpartisan pages especially around the Vanessa Guillen case and, and her murder and all of that, we saw, for example, a lot of um, Mexican organizing pages, you know, that hometown associations and, and people who really were following the case super closely to start picking up some of these, right? 
and and they have you know thousands of retweets and and that's the concern right and and again it's because it is i think they also the message for us for progressives is that it is so important to magnify our message our message of solidarity our message of supporting each other's movements the, our message of you know that we're all in this together and i think that is the real that's the real challenge for us because we're not going to be able to you know what was happening on the on the right or in these circles or among these bad actors we're not really going to be able to minimize that what we can do is inoculate ourselves and our community against it and that is by building trust um, affirmatively and uh, intentionally and elevating trusted voices so that when somebody sees this, you know, this post, they are like, wait, but, you know, I saw some, but some, another post from someone in my community that I respect and I know, and they are posting positive content that speaks about unity. So I think for us, that's the challenge is how are we magnifying the positive vision and the positive content um, to actually inoculate ourselves and inoculate our communities from this content. And it's not easy. I'm not saying, you know, and, and I think progressives right now, we have our hands full, but I think that's the challenge um, that we need to um, create content, amplify content, not go down the rabbit hole. You know, one of the actually the hardest things about this information that we um, often share with progressives is, is don't amplify it. Because and that is actually harder than it sounds. Because sometimes people, in the effort not to amplify it, they actually retweet it, you know, because there's or, or they repost it because they're trying to debunk the claim. But but just by, re, you know, retweeting about it or reposting, you're actually even if you're saying this is not true, you are in fact getting more eyes on that post, and that's you know that's the problem. More after this quick break. Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. The RTP Heart Health Squad will support you in protecting your mental health and overall well-being. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. As we celebrate International Women's Day and all the strides we've made, let's also take a moment to reflect on something important, the future of our self-care. You see, for too long, we've compromised on things that matter most, us, but not anymore. New Conair Bomb is helping us embrace a new era of self-care and self-love. Girlbomb represents a groundbreaking line of hair removal tools specifically designed for women. From the smoothest shave to the most precise trim, Conair Girlbomb is all about making you feel empowered, confident, and unapologetically you. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self-care is so important. With Conair Girlbomb's ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, we're reclaiming our self-care journey with precision and power the kind we used to only get from men's tools. So head to Walgreens today and treat yourself to a little Conair Bomb magic. Because when you look good, you feel good. And there's nothing more empowering than that. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, so I love the internet, but if you listen to this podcast, I probably don't need to tell you that it can come with a lot of very serious privacy concerns. The sad truth is being a traditionally marginalized person online or being an activist or even just somebody who sticks up for what you believe in means having to worry about what kind of information is online out there about us. It's something I think about a lot. And that's why I personally use and recommend Delete Me. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter nogirls at checkout, J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash nogirls, and we'll see you on the internet. Let's get right back to it. Talking about disinformation online is difficult. And because of the nature of algorithms, when you try to respond to correct the record, you can actually be accidentally amplifying it because you're giving it more engagement. It's also important to keep in mind that this isn't just stuff happening online. Disinformation has real consequences because it translates to real-world behavior. And right now, with the Latinx community representing a growing and important voting bloc, it has big implications for the upcoming election. Okobo says this kind of disinformation is meant to push Latinx voters to either vote for Trump or to not vote at all, like that phony picture of immigration arrests outside of polling places that Vanessa mentioned earlier. This is kind of personal for me. I've seen the way dangerous disinformation has impacted my own community. Communities of color have good reason to be skeptical of our political and medical institutions. Institutions that historically we can't always trust. But COVID has just made everything worse. I see memes spreading false information about COVID and the election being shared by people that I love. And it just makes me feel so frustrated. Yeah, you talked earlier about the importance of inoculating your community against disinformation. And I really felt that. You know, my people are Black, we're from the South. When it comes to things like voting, it is not always as easy as just going to vote, you know, in these states, there are voter ID laws and other kinds of barriers to just going and, and casting your ballot. So I really see a lot of disinformation being spread around voting, and it, particularly now with COVID. I've seen a lot of elders in my own community posting things that I know are rooted in this very real fear around COVID. And they have, they, I understand where it comes from. You know, COVID has ravaged Black and brown communities. So, the, so these folks are... Like, their concerns are very valid. It's been a frustrating challenge to acknowledge and validate these very real fears in my own community while also not letting people that I care about give over to fear and spread harmful, incorrect information because they're fearful. It's been a challenge. 
No, and I and I um, so um, connect with you on that point, and I can totally relate. Um, you know, I am first generation. Most of my family or like my aunts and uncles, they came here when they're adults. So they are just, you know, this is a, I think it's really important for us to realize that this is a very difficult moment. It is a very confusing moment, you know, and I think especially the older generation, they're just like, they just don't know what's happening, you know, and they're, they're fearful for the future. And they are, you know, they see what's happening, you know, in our country with Trump, they see COVID, they see their employment gains being erased, they see their incomes being erased, and then their our health, you know, we are the communities that are feeling the brunt of the impact of the pandemic. Now, on top of that, you add this whole, you know, the, the new process of vote by mail, right? It's, it's a new process for a lot of folks. They, they're not familiar how to, you know, request a ballot. They have, they have never voted by mail, many of them. And then the other, the other piece of this is even for young people, like, oh, yeah, they don't carry around a book of stamps like some of us did, right? So when you think about it, you know, it, it really presents a lot of challenges. And that's why, you, you know, I think that, again, part of our challenge as progressives is, you know, how are we, what, what voter education efforts are we implementing, even in this era of COVID, when everything has to be done virtually? I think that's going to force us to innovate but also to have those conversations that we've been putting off, because I do believe that the best way to inoculate people is to just have an honest conversation. And you're not gonna be able to convince your aunt or uncle the, in the, the first time, but I think just starting to have those conversations okay, about what's happening in our country, you know, why, why their, their voice is so important um, and, and how this process is changing and just repeating that message over and over again, I think it's one of the most effective strategies. And, and, I, and again, I, like I said earlier, the best way to inoculate yourselves is like when you have a trusted messenger, when you have someone who's in the community, who people go to for information, those are, I think, um, those are the, the, the people that are going to help us, um, face this really onslaught of disinformation because they are the ones that the community listens to. And that's why we need to empower those folks with the tools that they need and the information that they need and, you know, just help drive that message and that positive message, message that I was speaking about earlier. Mm. So what can everyday people do to help curb the spread of disinformation and misinformation, particularly in marginalized communities? Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is just really be careful about what you are amplifying online. Uh, what might seem harmless to you um, is probably not harmless, right? So just really always be mindful of your sources and the message that the messages that you are posting. So that would be the very first thing. The second thing is, you know, it's uh, informing yourselves, especially when we talk about voting, and because we know that's actually going to be a big. Um, target of the attacks and the disinformation moving forward, especially as we get closer to election and especially because these new processes around vote by mail. So really informing yourself about the, the deadlines and the requirements on voting absentee or voting by mail so that you can share that information um, with your community and your loved ones. And, and the, the, the third thing is, again, you know, just trying to amplify a positive message, a message of unity and solidarity. I think if we all, we, 
we do that, we will go, it will go a long way because right now, bad actors are trying to amplify fear. Therefore, we need to amplify a positive message, a positive vision for our movement and for our country moving forward. Ashley's team at Win Black Palante is taking this message to heart. Rather than waiting for tech leaders like Mark Zuckerberg to do the right thing and curb the spread of harmful disinformation on their platforms, her team has established a disinformation war room to train Black and Latinx voters and other grassroots advocacy organizations to spot disinformation themselves and provides messaging tools to counter it with accurate information without amplifying it. Our strategy is really teaching people that we don't want to amplify the, the, the misinformation, right? That is counterproductive. But what we do want to do is put in the space counter narratives while also educating folks. And so we have a daily uh, war room where we bring our team together to go over analysis, go over our research briefs. And so it really adds another level of authenticity because it's not just, you know, our campaign that's trying to come in and talk to folks, but we're working with these organizations that have created a sense of community with with their, not just their online audiences, but, you know, the citizens within their regions. Um, And we're able to really spread this message of like, look, this is how you identify. These people are trolls. They are bots. They are not trying to appeal to you in any way beyond trying to mislead you. And you should know this. And the only way to fight back is to register and vote. Loosely translated, the slang term palante means to go forward. And Ashley's team at Winblack Palante are working to help communities of color go forward stronger in solidarity. You know, I can't help but notice that your organization has two names, Winblack and Palante. You know, we see these narratives being pushed by bad actors that the Latinx community and the Black community, we can't work together. We have to be living in fear of each other. We have to be suspicious of each other. Not only does this framework obviously erase the fact that there are plenty of Afro-Latinas out there, but it's also just not true. And I guess my question is, how do we get to a place where we can present the truth that our communities are stronger together? Absolutely. And I mean, you took half my answer in in the last um, in your last sentence, because simply that's the truth. We are stronger together and they know that. Um, And so they want to do anything to divide these two communities. And, and you know, it's, it's simply just disgusting, quite honestly. I mean, we most recently we're seeing this misinformation around, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement did put out a letter that was that was um, kind of describing some of their demands. And we're seeing a lot of right-wing operatives that are boiling it down, taking out a lot of the context with, within the letter and sharing that the Black Lives Matter movement are, are against immigrants or um, they are, you know, doing mafia tactics, if, if you will, which is simply just not the truth. And they're spreading these untruths in a very broad manner. Um, and so, you know, it's really important for us, and, and I'm glad that you underscored the Palante, because we do have a Latinx focus, and, and because we want to bring our two communities together in this fight, there's so many critical issues um, that both communities share, right? But also, neither of these communities are monolithic, and it's, it's, it's really almost... Um, 
embarrassing to see that a lot of these operatives think of our communities as such. And so they're doing these tactics to really, you know, it's almost like this distributed racism um, to really pit these two communities against each other. And so we're really building a sense of let's educate uh, Black voters, Latinx voters, let's educate folks on what are the issues that really matter to us who are the leaders in this space that are supporting our issues, are supporting our values, and then also recognizing that, again, we're not monolithic. We need to speak to voters as individuals, and we're not just pitting everyone um, you know, against each other. We're, we're working under a, an administration right now that is trying to divide this country at every turn. And so it's really important that as we are mobilizing and reaching voters, that at every step of the way, we are trying to unite folks under one goal, which is to make sure that we have a democracy that represents our communities, that represents our issues, and that is going to fight to actually move our communities forward. Vanessa Guillen deserved better. And today, she deserves better than having her story fuel mistrust and hate in our communities. And we too deserve better than being fed the myth that our communities can only exist in conflict with one another. Our oppression, like our freedom, is all linked. And until we're all free, none of us is free. To make sure that you and your community have the right information you need to vote, go to vote.org. Got a story about an interesting thing in tech or just wanna say hi? You can reach us at hello at tangodi.com. You can also find transcripts for today's episode at tangodi.com. There Are No Girls on the Internet was created by me, Bridget Todd. It's a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. Jonathan Strickland is our executive producer. Tari Harrison is our producer and sound engineer. Michael Amato is our contributing producer. I'm your host, Bridget Todd. If you want to help us grow, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also make you feel totally in control? Enter Conair Girl Bomb. They're like your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results, made just for us. From the ultimate Girl Bomb grip to the professional grade blades, say goodbye to settling for less. With Conair Girl Bomb, you get the precision and power that used to only be exclusive to men's tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at Walgreens. Does money stress you out? Let Facet flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding Facet immediately put us at ease. Facet's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us Facet for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit Facet.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current Facet members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. 
eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.